Welcome to the Nutrition Edit Podcast for high-performing women who want to up-level their health and feel their best in their bodies, careers, and personal lives. In this podcast, I'll sift through the latest nutrition and biohacking trends to filter out the bullshit, share what you really need to know, and help you put the good stuff into practice in a way that works for you. You'll get actionable tips from guest experts and myself on how to up-level your mindset, workouts, relationships, and environment, and start feeling like the badass woman you are. Join me as we bust through the bro science and male-centric health paradigm to help you achieve optimal performance, body, mind, and soul. Hey there, and welcome back to the Nutrition Edit. I hope you're doing well and enjoying the holiday season so far. I am recording this on December 1st, but the episode is actually going to be released on December 7th. So I want to wish all of my beloved Jewish friends and listeners a very happy Hanukkah starting today. And no matter what you're celebrating this year or what you're up to, I know that this can be a really crazy time for many of us. So I just hope that you're having fun and taking good care of your mind and body. This is actually my birthday month, and this year is a big milestone one for me. It's the big five zero half century, which I cannot believe. I'm still sort of in shock over that number. Um, but I do have a lot of fun plans, which I'm excited about, and I'm just doing my best to enjoy it and not get freaked out by the number or get overwhelmed by all the other stuff that I've got to do this next month or so that's not so much fun. I've definitely gotten better at it over the years, but I still have to be really intentional about scheduling downtime during the holidays or I end up just not enjoying the season at all and feeling really burnt out come January, which I'm sure many of you can relate to. Um, So if that is a struggle for you, or if you just need some support and encouragement when it comes to self-care and navigating things like family, food, travel, all of that, go back and listen to season one, episode 12. It's called Navigating the Holidays Without Feeling Deprived. And in that episode, I share some realistic but powerful tips on things like how to protect your time and energy, prioritize your needs, deal with loneliness, and avoid emotional eating and things like that during the holidays. So I will link to that episode in the show notes for you, and then you can just pop in there and click that. But for today, I wanted to do sort of an Ask Me Anything episode where I address some of the most common questions that I've had from clients and listeners lately, because chances are these are are questions that you have as well. So I picked kind of the top four, and let's go ahead and jump in. Okay, so one of the things that people ask me about most often is intermittent fasting. And we see a lot of research out there about it. It's a huge topic right now. Eventually, I will do a deep dive on that topic, its whole own episode. But for today, I wanted to just address some of the really, you know, the basic foundational pieces of this. So fasting can be very different for women than it is for men. So there's a lot of research out there about it. However, a lot of that research is done on young college age males. We have a very different machine. You know, I've talked about this ad nauseum. That's one of the things this podcast is about is the difference between women's and men's bodies and why, you know, all these different diet or nutrition trends may not work for us in the same way that they work for men. Fasting is one of the biggest one of those that that is true for. So there are a couple ways that I recommend people can use fasting especially if you've never done it before and ways that you can use it to work better for you as a woman. So the most basic piece of fasting, try to fast between dinner time and breakfast for at least 12 hours. I'd say 12 to 14 is really reasonable, but that 12 hours 
break is kind of like the minimum. I feel like that's a really, really good stretch for you to go without eating. So that's number one. Number two, another really simple way to get like basic benefits of fasting is not snacking. So try not to eat between meals. Don't eat more often than every four hours. That's ideal. It gives your body and your digestive system a time to move or the time it needs to kind of move through the full digestive cycle, um, do its job. It can still help with blood sugar regulation and insulin sensitivity in the same way that intermittent fasting does. Um, So that's a really great practice as well. However, you may need, if you're someone that's snacking and eating often throughout the day, you may need to wean yourself off of that because I find that some people who are eating really often, especially if they're eating like starchy, carby, sugary, any kind of high glycemic food, if you're experiencing any insulin resistance, you're going to get really hungry well before four hours comes around. So what I recommend for you is to have a high protein and or high healthy fat snack instead of having something that's predominantly carbohydrate, okay? Just have maybe a couple hard-boiled eggs or some grilled or piece of protein of some sort, fish, meat, whatever you want, some nuts or seeds, something like that that's not going to have much effect on your blood sugar if you do have a snack. And then sort of gradually stretch out that time between your real meals. I've talked a lot about eating enough of the right food. So at mealtime, you want to eat something that's substantial enough, high in protein, high in fiber from those wonderful non-starchy vegetables, good healthy fats in there, small to moderate amount of starchy carbs or starchy vegetables. And that should really hold you over if that's an appropriate meal for about four hours, but you may need to work up to it. So if you can't do that out the gate, don't worry. Just start kind of backing off on the snacking and stretching out that time period between meals. For women, I find that many of my clients do get benefits from fasting, but they do better when they fast in the evening versus skipping breakfast, especially if they have like thyroid issues, if they have a lot of chronic stress in their lives or adrenal issues. Skipping breakfast can be really hard on us if we are dealing with any of those things and it can actually make things worse. So if you've tried the skipping breakfast thing, which I know many people call that intermittent fasting, they're just skipping breakfast every single day and not eating till the afternoon. And then what happens is they are ravenous and in that feeding window, lunch, dinner, and everything in between, they're way overeating, which is also super stressful for your body and kind of defeats the purpose of trying to fast. So by doing it in the evening, I'll give you an example. If you're doing a longer fast, so versus this is something beyond just that typical 12 hours a night between dinner and breakfast. If you're going to do a longer fast, do it like two or three days a week, random days during the week, and then fast for maybe 16 hours, okay? So what you would do is stop eating earlier in the evening, And then have breakfast within an hour and a half or so of waking up. So if, let's say, you stop eating at 5 p.m., then you would fast through the night and hopefully go to bed at a reasonable hour because if you stay up really late, you're going to be starving. Don't do it. You would have breakfast around 8 or 8.30 if you'd stopped eating at 5 p.m. the night before. And I have found that my clients do see much better results with increased insulin sensitivity, with fat loss. They don't feel as depleted during the day. Like their mental energy and everything is better when they're at work. They don't have those afternoon crashes. Their energy is just more sustained. They feel better in their workouts because they're often working out in the morning. So that is another way that you can come at this. Whereas I find that men do just fine 
by skipping breakfast in the morning. They can you know, hit their systems with caffeine on an empty stomach. That typically backfires big time for most women. Okay, so number two, sparkling water versus plain water. I am always kind of surprised. This is a question I get constantly. What's the difference and is sparkling water still as good for hydration as plain water? Yeah, it's amazing to me how often I hear that people don't like water. They don't like drinking water, plain water. They say, I don't like the taste of it. And it kind of boggles my mind because I feel like saying, well, I don't like water is like saying, I don't like the taste of air. I don't like breathing. Like it is not an option, guys. Not an option. We have to breathe. We have to drink water. Now, if you are more likely to drink water because it's sparkling, okay, great. I'm fine with that. But it is not, well, sparkling water is definitely a better choice than like soda or anything that's artificially sweetened or fruit juice. Carbonated water still has its problems. So I want you to know about what those are and then you can make an educated choice. For example, carbonated water is more acidic than plain water, so it's harder on your teeth. And so if you're going to have it, I recommend having it with food because it'll be less on your hard on your teeth. The food and the enzymes in your mouth will actually help buffer that acidity, so it won't be as, as detrimental to your teeth enamel. Carbonation can also cause a lot of gas and burping. So if you're someone who often feels bloated or gassy or your stomach gets distended after meals, sparkling water can actually make that worse. It can also contribute to acid reflux. So if that's something that you ever deal with, skip the bubbly drinks because it will make it worse. Oftentimes with acid reflux, the gas is actually pushing up on that lower esophageal sphincter that like closes down at the base of your throat and keeps food down. And it'll push up on that, causing that awful reflux, like heartburn sensation, which is really painful and unpleasant. So if you have any of that going on, skip the bubbly drinks. Hey there, I hope you're enjoying the episode. I wanted to jump in and let you know that doors are opening soon for my Body Liberation Together Group Mindset and Metabolism Coaching Program. We'll kick off in early January, and unlike typical New Year nutrition and fitness programs, this is not a rigid diet protocol or punishing fitness regimen. This program is designed to help you build yourself up, not break yourself down. You'll learn how to make foundational changes to decrease stress, increase your energy, and create a healthy metabolism so you can end the vicious cycle of dieting, burning out, abusing your body, and dieting again just to try to get back on track. You'll receive both group and one-on-one -on -one mindset, nutrition, and fitness coaching to help you establish habits that you can stick to for results that last. I only run this group once a year and space is limited to eight people. So go to bodylibtogether.com, that's bodylib, L-I-B as in boy, together.com, or click the link in the show notes to get on the wait list. You'll be the first to know when doors open, and we'll schedule a free 30-minute chat to make sure it's right for you before you commit. I look forward to connecting with you, and now, back to the show. And for me, here's the biggest problem. Often sparkling water comes in cans or in plastic bottles. So if you're drinking out of either of those things, you're going to get much more exposure to the endocrine disrupting chemicals like BPS, BPA, and others that are going to leach into that acidic water from the plastic or the lining in that aluminum can. And I know a lot of people use soda streams. I think that's probably a better option, but still the guts of those machines are still plastic. So it's better than having it sit in a plastic bottle or an aluminum can for a long time. If you're going to do it, I think that's the way to go. Or buy sparkling or carbonated water 
that's in a glass bottle, okay? Skip the cans, skip the plastic. And also just kind of limit how much you're drinking. I know several people who are drinking like six cans of it a day and they're not drinking any plain water. Try to lessen that. (laughs) I have one client who we just gradually had her add more and more plain water to her sparkling water and eventually she got used to it and now she just enjoys a sparkling water from time to time when she feels like it or maybe once a day, but it's not her staple. She's not used to drinking plain water. And having a good water filter can dramatically improve the taste of your water. So I love the zero water filter. I should ask these guys to sponsor the show. (laughs) I love the zero water filter. They have really affordable tabletop, countertop filter options. I have one in my office that's actually a big glass dispenser with a spout on it and their water tastes fantastic. And as far as the affordable filters go, theirs do the best job. So that's my big plug today. (laughs) Get a good water filter system. Your water will taste so much better. Okay, moving on. Next one, quality food and grocery budget. So I don't know if this is so much a question I get from people, but it's definitely a complaint. Unfortunately, good quality nutrient-dense food is really expensive here in the U.S. It shouldn't be that way, but that is the reality we live in. If you want to eat organic, unprocessed food, it's an investment, plain and simple. And most of the clients that I'm working with do have enough disposable income to buy high quality food. But, you know, if you haven't prioritized your health or nutrition in the past, it can be really hard to get your head around the idea of spending a lot on food. You know, your grocery bill may be a shocker, especially if you are used to buying, you know, the bulk stuff at Costco that's maybe not as good a quality or anything processed. But what I always say is that what you invest in good nutrition, you may save on medical bills. Of course, that's not always the case, but it can help, right? And I want to make the point here that, look, nutrition is the most foundational component of self-care. So many of you, you may be going out and spending money on skincare or facials or injectables like Botox, whatever it might be, fillers, And attempting to look younger, feel better, what have you, investing in personal trainers. There's nothing wrong with that. All of that stuff is is great. I do some of those things too. But if you're not willing to spend money on nutrition, chances are you're just wanting that quick fix and you're not ready or you're not really committed to improving your health because literally nutrition is at the basis, the basis of looking and feeling good. Everything above that is not going to be as impactful. So if you start with your food, you're probably not going to need to spend as much on all of those other things and the fancy skincare products and all the attempts at quick fixing these things. When if you just fed and nourished your body better, your skin's going to look better. You're going to have more plump, hydrated skin. It'll look, it'll age better. (laughs) You'll have more skin elasticity. You're going to sleep better. So you'll look better, more rested. I mean, it just, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. So I just want to encourage you to invest in your health with your food. And I know it can be painful at first, but trust me, it is so worth it. So worth it. Okay. Final topic. And this is something that I have touched on in other episodes, but I just want to give you some, I don't know, just a little more encouragement around it. And this is the all or nothing mindset. So really, it's so often that women come to me and say, yeah, I'm really an all or nothing person. I'm either all in or all out. And I'm either hardcore following some strict protocol or I'm completely off the wagon and everything's gone to pot. I'm just going rogue, whatever, you know 
not working out, eating like crap. And it's such a common mindset and it's really problematic because it doesn't allow for the twists and turns of life, which inevitably are going to happen, right? We know this. Staying consistent with good habits and creating a healthy lifestyle that's sustainable long-term requires flexibility and adaptability. And if you are stuck in that mindset of I'm all in or all out, what's going to happen when your environment or situation is not ideal enough for you to be all in. Well, you're going to give up and then you're going to be all out again, right? The wheels are going to fall off the bus. And I always say perfect is the enemy of good. So remember, perfection does not exist. (laughs) It's not a thing and it's impossible to achieve. So if you can start to think about it in terms of learning what you can do in less than ideal circumstances you're going to be much better off in the long term. And you just need to get comfortable with good enough and with being uncomfortable, right? Sometimes the bare minimum is all you're going to be able to do, and that's all that's possible. And guess what? That's okay. That's okay. I would rather have you do the bare minimum or the one thing that feels like low-hanging fruit that's easy for you to do. Because if you can stick to even one or two of those things or those small practices, it can help you avoid just going completely off the rails. It acts as sort of an anchor that you can return to and go, oh, no, I can actually live in the gray zone. (laughs) I'm not all in. I'm not all out. I'm somewhere in the middle. And you might be closer to the all out at that point. That's okay. But it's going to help you more easily get back on track and shift out of that like, well, if I'm not doing everything, then I might as well do nothing because that's just a lie. It's a story we tell ourselves and it can be an excuse, but often we just feel like, hey, if I'm not doing this perfectly, I'm to- I've totally screwed it up and why try? And that perfectionism often stems from just crap we dealt with and childhood and families and unrealistic expectations and all of those things. So this is a good way to sort of chip away at releasing yourself from that and letting go of that because that can we can live in bondage to that kind of thing, that perfectionism. And it's really miserable and it can prevent us from progressing and just being okay with doing things imperfectly because just because you're not doing something something perfectly doesn't mean you're not making progress, right? Slow progress is still progress. So don't allow yourself, especially like this time of year, to feel like, well, I made a bad choice, so it's all going out the window. No, you're only one choice away from being back on track or making a better choice that serves you well, feeling better about whatever it is that you didn't do, whatever it is. Okay. So I just encourage you like start small. (laughs) We don't break free of perfectionism and the all or nothing mindset overnight. It takes some time. But if you can remind yourself like, hey, that actually doesn't serve me, that way of thinking. What serves me is allowing myself to do what I can and nothing more. It's okay. It's okay to be imperfect. It's okay to do the bare minimum sometimes because your energy is finite. And sometimes the bare minimum is all you're going to be able to to do. And that's all right. You can do more when you have a little more energy, right? So don't be so hard on yourself. Anyway, I wanted this to be a short one because we all have so much going on this time of year. So these next few episodes are going to be a little quicker, but those are some of the topics that have come up again and again lately with clients. And so I hope you found this helpful. I'd love to hear what you think. And if you'd like me to do more of these, ask me anything episodes, 
I am also currently planning out season four. So if there are burning questions that you'd like me to answer or topics that you want me to cover, now is your chance to let me know. You can DM me on Instagram. My handle is at joliverwellness, or you can comment on this episode's post on either Instagram or the podcast page on my website. And I always love hearing from you. So let me know what you think. Shoot your questions over. Don't hold back. I want to hear your thoughts and your feedback, and I appreciate it. I always, always appreciate you sharing the show as well and helping other people find it. So thank you so much for joining me today. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Happy holidays. Hey there, thanks for hanging out with me today. And if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave me a quick review. Also check out the show notes for links to connect, follow and share this podcast and for information featured in each episode. See you next time. I am not a doctor and the content here should not be taken as medical advice. All information in this podcast is for informational purposes only, does not constitute medical advice and does not establish any kind of practitioner or coach client relationship. This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Do not disregard medical advice or delay seeking medical advice because of information you hear in this podcast or any other. And do not start or stop any medications without speaking to your health provider. Always seek the advice of a qualified health practitioner before undertaking a new health regimen. This podcast and website represents the opinion of Jeannie Oliver and guests to the show. Opinions of guests are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Genie Oliver Wellness LLC or our producers.